Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, how are you today? I am doing so well. I'm so excited. After I record this podcast, I'm going to be working with my, starting with my new enough group, the January group. I'm so excited to work with them and I get to partner with them for a year where they can learn and really take all these tools that we talk about on the show and incorporate into their life where they live it and they know it in their bones and they can become their own best friends and they love all parts of themselves and they let go of the death of perfection, which, you know, creates more shame for ourselves and they learn how to feel shame and move through shame. So I'm really excited for them to become enough in this next year and to partner with them. And we start out with a two-day online retreat. So I'm really excited. I hope for you that you're excited about an aspect of your life because it's just way more enjoyable to have great moments. And it's not that my life is a 24-7 excitement, fun fair festival. It's not. There's the ups and the downs. And one of the things that I talked a lot about with my clients this week was about having contrast. We're going to have contrast. We're going to have the bad feelings and we're going to have good feelings. We're going to have all the feelings. And it's about being able to move through them, not numbing ourselves from the bad feelings because they're so awful to be around, but feeling them, learning the message about them. What is it here to teach us? That's what Todd Cashton says. What is this message trying to say? And then moving through and getting the other side. And then on the good side, you know, it's so funny. We have Gretchen Rubin's been on the show a couple of times and we talked about the pursuit of happiness. And the thing is that we want to be happy. We want to really like ourselves. We want to achieve our goals. But the other thing I've spent a lot of time coaching clients on this week is about actually receiving, actually celebrating when you achieve that big goal that maybe took you three years. Like one of my clients, she finally got the job that she wanted and she buried the lead in her email to me. It was the third paragraph between two other paragraphs of problems and issues. And I'm going to talk about it in another episode, but we want to celebrate it. So of course, if we get on her coaching call and I'm like, you need to celebrate this. And I I was a little bit more in her face, but we've got to own it and really enjoy it. And so many people this week that I was coaching, they hit moments like that, that they have been striving for, not hustling for. It's not about proving for their worthiness, but it's about how can they blow their own mind to become the best versions of themselves. And they accomplish that And then they didn't really want to acknowledge it. So we want to feel all the feelings and have the contrast. And it's okay. When we feel the great feelings, there's going to be tomorrow will come and maybe that's a bad day. You may feel like Tuesday when I wasn't feeling so great and there was a lot of drama in my own head that I had to clean up and I was able to move through that and pay attention to why am I feeling this way? What is going on? So my friend, it's okay to feel them all and you're going to go through the range. And then when you have a day that you're excited, like I am, and you're so excited to connect with people and build a new community and help people create the changes that they want. That's what I do. I'm not saying that's what you're going to do, but when you're doing that, when you're in your why, enjoy it, 
feel it. It's going to be fun and it's scary and that's all okay. So I'm very excited. Before I go into the show today about the truth about authenticity, I want to talk about our community here. I just love our community and it's so fun with the emails that I get or when I'm doing consult calls with people and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to you for so long. And I know like when I've had clients that have signed up with me and and they've said to me, they said, Corinne, this relationship with you started way long ago. You've been my friend for a really long time. You just didn't know it. And that's how I feel about our community. Like I think about you and I so appreciate the messages that you send and how the show helps you and supports you in your life as you're making changes. So I love this community that we have and the community and the engagement that we have around the show. And the fact that mothers and daughters are listening to the show and that this is bringing them connection while their kid is off at college or friends are sharing the show with each other and having coffee talk sessions around it, working on implementing it themselves. Because taking this and listening to it is great. You've got to actually implement it to make the changes that you want. So we have listeners that have been around since the early days. I've started the show back in 2006, right? I'm one of the longest running podcasts. And I was corresponding with one of them the other day, Allie from Alabama. She sent me cards over the years. And I love the fact that she was there in the beginning when the show was different and she's still here and she still loves it and shares it with her people. And so everybody matters. And we have a bunch of new people who are finding the show. So I love it. And I'm grateful for you all. Now, here's the thing. If you want to support this podcast and you love this podcast, I'd be deeply grateful if you'd head over to iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and tell others what the show has done for you. Just let them know like what the show has done for you, because how often do you go and read reviews? Like, you know, when you want to buy something probably from Amazon, when you're looking at stuff, how often are you reading reviews? So if you can help the show by tell them what the show has done for you, that would be fantastic. And today, before I go into the show, I want to give a shout out to Leadership Delta. So Leadership Delta left a iTunes review and she says, I've enjoyed this podcast for almost three years. I love the stories, the redirecting tools, the casual nature of her demeanor, and mostly Corinne's laughter. Her tools are practical and teachable. And this is my favorite podcast. Thank you and congratulations on 12 years. Thank you so much, Leadership Delta. A funny side note. Well, it's growing up, remember we had tape recorders, or if you're my age or older, we had these tape recorders and I remember recording and how fun it was to record and to press play. And I hated my voice. And my laughter was something that actually this community has been a gift for me about my laughter because one of the comments I get all the time is about my laugh. And it's always just authentic, which ties into today's show. But whether I was interviewing guests, it was just, this is how I laugh. And at first I'm like, oh no, maybe that's too much. And I just got a lot of feedback that I love Corinne's laugh. And that gave me some permission to, for me to give myself permission to continue to show up and be me. So thank you so much. All right. So today I'm going to be talking about the truth about authenticity. I've been talking about being you, letting go of what others think. And that is a challenge. I know the risks what you need to take with you when you're being you and know who your people are and where do you get feedback from? So being you, what does that mean? You know, it's like new year, new you, be you, be here, be now, be you. That sounds great. It's like, be you. 
Here's the thing. The day that you were born, there was an essence of who you were. And if you're your parent, you you know this with your own kids. They already have a personality. Even though they're a blob, they have a personality of who they are. And then the next kid that comes, they have their other personality. And then what happens over time is we socialize people. We teach them how they're supposed to be to fit in, to be accepted, right? And, and it's, it's with good intentions because we want our children to be safe. We want them to be successful. And as often as my Aquamonster's parents say, is they want their kids to be happy, right? And actually, I think they want their kids to be hopeful and believe in themselves, which then leads to happiness. Not the happy of let me titillate you with all the things I can buy you and all the experiences. And that's just another way of numbing. But being you is the essence of who you are. And what happens over our life is we get told who we need to be to be accepted, who we need to be to be successful. And what happens is that becomes armor. We put on this heavy armor over and over. And one of the pieces of armor is to be perfect. Perfection is armor. And it goes over our heart and it covers up the thing that we love most about people, the heart, the essence of who they are. And that perfection is the birthplace of shame. And think about it. Like I always think about the knights, the armor that they wore is heavy. It's not easy to move. You couldn't, you wouldn't go out on a run with it. But we do that with emotional armor. We put up perfectionism, sarcasm. We use foreboding joy. We're just like with my clients this week. I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. But you know, it's not that big of a deal. Or yeah, I just got asked to be, you know, submitted for businesswoman of the year. But mm, that that's not for me. You know, no, thank you. Let's do it for some other somebody else. Like not being able to receive. Those are all bits of armor. And it weighs us down. And then that's why, my friend, you become exhausted. Because again, if you were the knight back in the day who's wearing all this metal armor and you're trying to run, it will be really hard. And that's what we try to do in our lives. And we get exhausted. So being you is about stripping it away. It's about letting yourself show up. It's about, you know, I talk about owning your voice, speaking your mind saying what it is that you believe. And now here's something that's really important. There's a boundary around this. Saying what you believe doesn't mean you get to make a personal attack onto somebody else. That's your opinion of them and that's fine, but you don't get to make a personal attack. That's not kind. But if you have a certain stance in politics, you can say, this is what I believe. If you have a certain thing about belief system about you know what should happen in college sports, and I have lots of opinions about that, you can own that part. That's just owning your voice and putting out intellectual discourse out there and being able to talk and have disagreements, but not about a personal attack of I'm smart, you're an idiot. That's not what we're talking about. Being you is owning your voice and truly showing up and speaking your mind. Because how often, maybe you're sitting with a friend and they say something and you don't say anything. And you don't, you don't say anything because you're like, oh, they may be upset because maybe I think that there should not be college sports and Corinne's all about college sports. But it'd be interesting. I'd be fascinated why they have that belief. What are the things they think about? And it would actually make me more understanding of somebody else. And I'd probably become more eloquent in what I'm talking about. So having that contrast again in discussion pieces actually leads to more 
understanding, more concreteness in my own brain, right? So being you is about you fully showing up. It's about you owning your voice. It's about you letting yourself be you, whether it's, you know, today is a hair and makeup day because I'm going to be on this video conference with my enough group. You know, a couple days ago, there was no hair and makeup and I had to go facilitate a couple of seventh graders and their friendships with the aqua monsters. And I showed up at the pool. It was, and that's who I am. And so I have these contrasts about how I will look. I won't, I'm not a person. And I'm not saying that if you are this person, that's something wrong. But I made a deal with myself a long time ago. I'm not a person that won't go out into the world without having hair and makeup done. Go to the grocery store. And and part of it is just where I live. And and I love that about my town. And part of it is I think about each day, how do I want to show up? You know, do I want to do hair and makeup today? Do I not? And that's okay. So I, I really make a deliberate decision in my life. And I like when I do get dressed up. And I like when I'm in my yoga pants, my hair is in a bun, and I'm wearing my, you know, Ruth RBG sweatshirt. So being you. Now, here's the thing is that when you do be you, one of the things that happens is you have to let go of what other people think. We're so concerned about how people perceive us and how we want to be perceived. And so those two things, how we people perceive us and how we want to be perceived are shame triggers. And shame is that root feeling that it tells you you're not enough. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You're bad. And it gets in the way and it threatens our place of belonging, which is the thing that we are hardwired for. We are built for connection. We want belonging and we don't ever want to lose that. That's what's so scary is the threat of not belonging, of not having that place to be. Think about it. And it can be as simple as being in the dining commons of a dorm and not having a place to be with people. Maybe that's what was really scary for you. It could be, you know, not having a life partner and having a place to belong there. It could be not having a group of friends to go out with, just not having a place to belong. We want belonging and give yourself permission to belong. So when you let go of what other people think, You can threaten because maybe they have rules about how you need to be when you show up in this, in your life or in this arena. And you have to think about that. Is that the life that you want to do is follow other people's scripts. Now, again, I remember the boundary is there's no personal tax. You don't get to be mean. You don't get to be rude, right? But if somebody says that you need to do this to make me feel good, they've created a script for you. And then you have to decide, is that something you want to do? Or will that create resentment in your life over the long haul? Letting go of what other people think sounds easy. And yeah, I'm sure you're sitting here going, oh, that'd be fantastic. And it'd be scary. But yeah, I want to do that. And then you're going to suck at it in like five minutes. It's okay. It's a practice. You're going to fall down and you're going to get back up. And the, the most important opinion that matters, guess whose most important opinion matters? It's yours. What do you think? What do you believe about yourself? And reflect and think about, okay, how did I talk about this conversation? And how do you, and maybe you want to circle back and say, oh, I was a little snarky or this happens to me. I get so focused on something. I, I get blinders about who I may or may not see. And I didn't say hello to them as I'm walking by on the pool deck, right? But letting go of what other people think and checking in with yourself. The other thing is 
knowing whose opinion matters and whose opinion you can get feedback from. And that's where you have to be brave because you have to be willing to hear the hard things. And that never feels good, my friend. But then when you can get that feedback and move through and learn from it, it will feel really good. And then you realize, oh, it's feedback and it's somebody's opinion. What is it that I believe? So when you argue and you let go of what other people think, there's risks, right? Because people may go, you know what? We don't like you. You're too much. You're too loud. You're too opinionated. You're too confrontational. All of those things. And that's scary because again, it threatens your place to belong. And one of the things I talk with my clients about is that when they come to me, and this may be like the totally worst selling point to working with me, like Corinne, why would I ever do this? But they come to me and they, they're in the, this bottom floor of this elevator of their life. And there's a ton of people in this elevator, yet they feel lonely. They know a lot of people. There's a lot of people and they're smushed and you know it's hot and it's sweaty in there. And as they go through their own personal development and they become their own best friend, what happens is they're maybe not willing to people please or approval whore or say yes when they really want to say no and suck it up and then wind up drinking wine or, you know, eating food or, you know, spending too much money because they're numbing themselves because they don't allow themselves to say no. But what happens when they work with me, they're in this elevator that goes up. And as they start to evolve and they go up, some people get off the elevator because they go, oh, this isn't working for me. When I asked her to do something and she's now has boundaries and she's saying, oh, I can get to it, but it's going to be later, but I don't want, I want it right now. I want what I want and I want it right now. How often does that happen at work when somebody's imposing their work onto you and wanting you to discard what you have to do? So then over time, these people will leave because they'll go find somebody else that they can impose themselves on. And the elevator gets slowly empty and emptier and emptier as you rise and as you rise into being you. And then what happens is one day you go, oh no, Corinne, there's nobody left in this elevator. It's just me. And my question to my client is always, do you like you? You know, Do you enjoy being with you? And they do, but it's confusing because they're like, if the best of me is showing up, why am I all by myself? And they almost want to reverse back and not have boundaries, not own their voice, not be the leader of their lives, you know, not live with their values and priorities, but sell themselves out and approval whore. But I invite them to stay there and really trust in this white space that we so want, right? We want to have calmness and not be busy and have all this stuff. But then when we're there, it's a shitstorm. And then as they continue to evolve, what happens is, the right people get on this elevator one by one. And the elevator may never be as full as the cluster of people that we, you know, had and collected and that just, you know, flopped onto the elevator. But the people at this higher level, they're the right people. And you get to be you and they love you. And that is what it's about. And you love you. And those are the people at the top of this elevator, the top floor, who you get feedback from. They know you, they love you, they know all of you. They they don't judge you. They don't say, oh, well, I can only be with you if you, you know, vote a certain way or if you think the way that I do, or if you're involved in college athletics, right? They don't do that. 
They love all of you. They know that, you know, at times you can become righteous when you just get so angry about something. That would be me. One of my key values is integrity and authenticity. The problem is that when I have my back up against the wall, when I think there's not enough time, when I'm in a place of shame, I lean hard on that authenticity and that integrity and I become righteous and I get on that soapbox and nobody wants to listen. My friends love me. My family loves me, but they look at me, Corinne. (laughs) And they give me feedback and I've had to learn how to dial that down and be within my integrity, be within my authenticity, be me without being righteous. And that means that when I'm righteous, I'm trying to make you believe what I believe. And when I'm my authenticity and my integrity, I'm committed to what I believe. I don't need you to validate my beliefs by believing with me. So what do you need to take with you by being you? And this is not something that I even like, and it's my top value, but you have to be brave because you have to be willing to have courage to be disliked. It is, it is challenging because when you put yourself out there and you say what you feel and you say what you think, people may not like that. They may get upset. And again, I'm not saying you're making personal attacks, but again, when you're talking about your belief systems, I have a belief of our feelings are created by our thoughts. Therefore, you can't hurt me. You can only hurt me if I attach to your belief. And that's really counterculture, right? Because we've been taught to say, oh, well, you hurt me. You said X to me and you hurt my feelings. And, but it's about, do I believe what it is that you're saying? That's really the personal responsibility. That can be very controversial out in the general public. That's something that I talk a lot about here and either our community, there are people in our community that are like, that is amazing. My clients love it as well. And there are people that go, hmm, I don't really get that. That doesn't make sense to me. And that can be a future podcast episode. So you must have bravery. You must be courageous to be you because people will want to have you conform with them. It's safer right? I remember when I was in college and I started realizing I had a drinking problem. And, you know, the girl who grew up in an alcoholic home swore I'd never be an alcoholic, but I was taking this drugs and society class and the teacher was talking and I sat there and I was, I just like got in shame and I kept getting smaller and smaller. I'm 5'11". I'm not, you know, and I have broad swimmer shoulders. So it's not really easy for me to hide in a classroom. I get smaller and smaller and smaller because I was like, oh my gosh, that is me. I am bad. I'm doing something that I swore I'd never do. So I didn't have these skills back then, but my solution was to stop drinking. Oh my gosh. I didn't tell anybody that they had to stop drinking. I didn't tell anybody I had stopped drinking. I just stopped drinking. And I was never offered so much free alcohol than that year of college where I stopped drinking. It really bothered people because I wasn't conforming. And it took me courage. And I even had this, you know, it was a guy that I was seeing and he got really, he attacked me. Like he just said, well, what's wrong with you? Are you an alcoholic? Why aren't you drinking? And I didn't have the ability to speak because I was in so much shame about, you know, owning my own story and that I had a drinking problem. So I didn't answer it. But I also had the courage where I wasn't willing to take a drink because somebody was imposing their will on me. You will need to be brave to be different, to be, to believe in what you believe and not be an approval whore, you will need to be brave. And I sometimes think about that. I go, you know, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to do this? You know, should I maybe be in not approval whore, but should I maybe, you know, tone down my voice and not speak up? And it's so funny because the next day my old swim coach showed up with 
a book called The Courage to be Disliked. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting lesson for me. So yes, brave to the courage to be disliked. And then if it's somebody that you that really matters to you, because really think about it, how often are we thinking about the people that we're trying to get approval for? And you may not even like them. I spent a lifetime doing that. Like, let me, can you like me, like me, you know, will you validate me? And then I thought about it. I go, this is not even somebody I like. But when it's somebody that you care about, maybe it's a spouse, it's a partner, you know, maybe it's your kids, not about approval horn, but you know, there may be things, maybe you get into their business or try to fix something for them, right? We all do that because we love our people and you can get feedback and then maybe you go, well, wait a second, you know, this doesn't help them and I get resentful afterwards. So maybe I won't do that. So it takes courage because you have to be willing to look at yourself. You have to be willing to let go of, to not have a place to belong. But here's what I know from my own experience and from my clients is that when you be you, it feels so good and the right people show up in your life and you're really clear about who do you want to spend time with. And the other thing is that when you spend time with yourself and you love yourself, it's, you're not lonely. I have so many clients that have been lonely in relationships, in, you know, houseful family good friends, and they've been so lonely. And so they have to go back and work on their relationship with themselves. So go be you. Because really, is there an option? Otherwise, I know I talked about it and I looked at it and there was that contrast. But the cost to you to not be you means you're going to wear that armor. You're going to hustle for worthiness. You're not going to receive the joy. You're going to, you know, have sarcasm. You're not going to have the connection that we all really want. We are hardwired for connection, my friend. We want to be connected. And that's why we have all these social media apps to connect us. And we feel even lonelier because we're not connecting with other people. We want human connection and it takes courage. And yes, there are risks and, but you get to circle back. You get to fall down and you get to get back up. And the people who really love you, they're going to let you make mistakes. The people who can't handle your mistakes, that's okay. That's their capacity for right now. Maybe in the future they will, maybe they won't, but that's okay. You know, and again, it's never about having personal tax on anybody. There are always going to be risks and that's why you need to be brave. And then there are times in the day I look at myself and I go, Corinne, there's no more bravery left. Go read a book, go watch a television show, just be, and that's okay. You can sleep and dial up more bravery for tomorrow. You don't have to be brave 24 seven, just like in the beginning of the show. I said, you don't have to have excitement 24 seven, but go be you because this is what we want. I love when I know what my friends think or my family thinks it may be different than what I want to hear, but I would so much rather have that than have a friend tell me what they think I want to hear. There's so much less connection and after a while, it just was like, well, I don't really know if they're telling me the truth or not. So I'm just going to let it be. Be you. That's why I love kids. That's why I love coaching the monsters because the monster kids, they are just them. They are there. They show up. They tell you what they believe, you know, and they believe they belong and they absolutely do. And there's a wide range of them. We don't have a cookie cutter system of, oh, this is the only kind of kids that we work with. There's a wide range. They are who they are. And they're all amazing. And they all bring their gifts to our community at the monsters. 
So to wrap this up, be you. That means you be your authentic self. Take off the armor because the armor is weighing you down and it's creating exhaustion. One of the things is to let go of what other people think. And yes, there's risk to that, but your opinion matters. How you think about yourself, what you believe about yourself is the most important thing. Trust me from a recovering approval whore who was so concerned about what everybody else thought and used to have to go take surveys before I could do anything. I mean, I would survey 20, 30, 40 people. So there aren't 40 people in my life that have earned the right to hear my story. There's really a small handful and I'm one of the people. So I check in with what I think and what I believe. And then I check in with the people in that particular arena and their opinion that matters. They understand that there's risks. You know, when we're committing to the best case scenario, there's always risks and we manage them. And part of the risk that we know is that you can become outcast. People may not like you and you're going to have to be okay with that if that means that they're not liking you. But the beauty is, is they're creating space for somebody else to come in. It's the whole back to the elevator. And then you need to take bravery with you and be brave and be courageous and have your own back. And check in with the people who've earned the right to hear your story for feedback. What do they think? And then you always bring it back through the filter. Okay, here's their opinion. What is my opinion? My friend, go be you. Fall in love with yourself because if you can do that, you have so much more to give other people. I'm not talking about narcissism. I'm not talking about you're better than other people. I'm saying where you love all of you, you know, the great stuff, your strengths, also your weaknesses. Like I'm a horrible cook, you know, and it's like, I mean, I can cook. I hate cooking. I don't like it. I love all of me. I cooked my family dinner last night. I made these amazing Brussels sprouts. Finally, like this restaurant that I love to go and have this Brussels sprout salad. And the trick here was this uh, truffle butter from Trader Joe's. I was like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. But I don't like to cook. And I will do it. And my husband said, what was he saying? Oh, because I have to go do something for my daughter's college team. And he goes, look, look, Corinne, you just have to do laundry. He said, had it been that you'd have to cook dinner, that would be a whole, totally different thing. I can love all of that. Like I'm not the best cook and that for me would be a nightmare. But I love me about that, right? That's fine. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I just love it about me. I love the fact that I don't like to cook. In my dream world, I would have a chef who I could walk out and there'd be this great food and then I could leave. That would be my dream world. That is not my reality you know, and I will still cook for my family because I want to make sure that I provide, you know, nourishing foods for all of us. So be you love all of you. It's a journey. It takes practice, fall down, get back up. Thank you so much for listening. My friend, you know that your voice matters. It matters to me. And so we're going to do two things here. We're going to one practice on your voice mattering and you owning your voice. And the other is preserving your brain juice. So the first thing I want you to go do is share your voice, leave a review of the show on iTunes. Tell me what you love. Tell me why you're here. Your voice matters. And the second thing, if you haven't done it already, preserve your brain juice by making sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed to the show. I'm smiling big for you. I can't wait to give you a shout out on the show in the future. Until next time. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide